Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Should you take the leap? It really speaks to me, kind of in my wheelhouse, and I thought I'd share so many times I have taken the leap. It's 
it seems to me that successful people always do. And as the previous speaker talked about, don't get comfortable in your comfort zone because that's the default, right? That's the default of everybody out there. Fall back into your comfort zone. Do what you always dealt done before. Do what feels right. And it's just the approach that's going to keep you in a position that doesn't advance, that doesn't grow. And growth only comes with resistance. So resistance is hard. I mean, sometimes it can be, but it always seems to be the right way. And I just keep thinking back uh, to a comment that a, a guy made to me when I was in college. He just said, allow for serendipity in your life. Just allow for serendipity in your life. Life is so nonlinear, you know, and I'm hopefully a successful person. I grew up with a lot of people that had a plan and they were going to do this and they were going to go to this college and they were going to get this job and they were going to live in this area. It never seems to go that track, right? It always goes off track. And the I always talk about one of the greatest lines in the history of the world is from the philosopher slash boxer, Mike Tyson, which is everybody's got a plan until they're punched in the face. And everybody's going to get I love that quote, Andrew. It's it's the best. So me, you know, listen, growing up in Washington, D.C., first of all, my first leap was, okay, I was a tennis player. I was talking to a lot of colleges about playing. I was looking at some really good schools on the East Coast and University of Virginia and Duke and Princeton. And, and I'm like, all of a sudden, out of the blue, I get accepted to a school in Northern California called Stanford. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, that sounds cool. Uh, California. Now, I had never been west of, of West Virginia in my life, but I went. I took a leap. Why not? Why not? And at Stanford, I then play tennis. I'm not good. I'm one of the worst players on the team. But at the end, a couple guys are like, hey, let's try this. Let's try to play pro. And I'm like, okay, why not? And that was nothing like you see on television. It was going to tiny cities around the country and Chattanooga and Davenport, Iowa and Lake Charles, Louisiana and Destin, Florida and show up on a Monday. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. I went on to try to play pro tennis and uh, took that leap. And in that kind of leap, you just, you know, I was going to tournaments in small towns around the country, picking up our own balls, calling our own lines, staying in crappy hotels. And, you know, it was something that I tried. And I said, okay, I'm never, my opponents convinced me I'm never going to do something with pro tennis. Let's try something else. So I took a leap, went to law school. 
and in law school back at Washington, D.C. at Georgetown, I had opportunities to go into real law, like be a real lawyer, go to a corporate firm, make a lot of money, have a secure life. But I said, no, sports. Sports is my thing. I want to be in sports. And I started out as an apprentice at an agency representing players. And I did that for less money and less security. But that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to marry sports with it, with my vocation. And so I'm representing players now. And I was doing that for five years, six years, seven years. And then I get a call from the NFL. They're starting a new league overseas. And I'm like, okay. We're looking for general managers to come and run teams overseas. And we want you to go to Barcelona, Spain. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, run a team. And I said, okay. <laughs> I didn't really want to get out of leaving, representing players, but it sounded great. I took a leap. And then you go to Spain, and they have no understanding of American football, and they're putting up goalposts at the corners of the end zone, and they're ruining our laundry, and I've got to bribe customs for our equipment, and I've got to put night tables with pillows at the end of each bed so their players' feet didn't flop over, and I never could get enough food. And they didn't understand the sport, and they cheered at the wrong times, and they did the wave the entire game long. We never got a foothold with American football in Spain, but it was an experience. And it made me think like, wow, you know, if I can get through this, if I can sell American football, at least to a small part of the population, in a place where soccer is everything, like this is cool. And then the World League, the NFL Europe folded, and I'm back to the agent world. And a couple of years later, I get a call from the Green Bay Packers, like, will you switch sides? Come run our team. And so I'm, I go to Green Bay, Wisconsin. I've never been to Wisconsin. I've never been to the upper Midwest. And I'm like, don't take offense at this question, but do I have to actually move here to do this job? And they said, no offense, but yeah, you've got to be here. So now I'm like, okay, uh, I'll move to the upper Midwest and leave player representation again. I'm like, okay, I'll take the leap. 10 years in north central Wisconsin, where the two seasons of the year are winter and 4th of July. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And 10 years later, I'm like, yeah, I've done this. Been there, done this. I've run a team. I've done every contract. I've managed every player situation. I've dealt with local politics. I've dealt with the NFL. I want to do something else. And I took a big leap because, as you know, NFL executives make a lot of money, have a lot of prestige. And I want just I just said that's enough. You know, that was enough. I wanted to get into two areas and I had no path, but I wanted to. I wanted to get into media and academia. And I wanted to pull back the curtain for people because I saw in both areas the people doing it were not people like me. They were people coming up through journalistic backgrounds and people coming up through academic backgrounds. I came up through neither, but I thought there's an opportunity. And so I immediately started writing. I was at Stanford 35 years ago, and I had a journalism professor 
who said, Andrew, you're one of the best writers I've ever seen. And for 30 years, I didn't write. You know, I'm in business. I didn't write. So now I said, okay, I'm going to write. And ESPN noted my writing, and ESPN was looking for someone to sort of explain these complex sports business topics to a national audience. I took a leap. Yeah, I'll do that. And Sports Illustrated said, write for us. Okay. <laughs> and then I started communicating verbally and write and talking and communicating. And these are skills that I tell every student, this is more important than what you learn, how you communicate. So anyway, I took that leap. And then on the academic side, I started teaching at University of Pennsylvania. And then Villanova, in outside Philly, starts this program, sports law, sports business. I said, would you run it? They said, would you run it? I said, you don't want me. You know, get an academic. Get someone that's a PhD and someone that knows academia. And they said, we don't want an academic. We want a national name. And I said, okay, done, we'll do it. So it just always seems to me that when you have these opportunities, it's better to leap in. The problem is for a lot of people, they don't know which opportunities to jump into. And I know sometimes they're the wrong ones. I'm in a position now where I just have all these things coming across. You know, get involved with this name image likeness thing for college athletes. Come get involved with us on this sports betting thing. Come get involved with us on advising athletes or advising teams or advising colleges or advising brands that want to get into sports. And what's tough for me is to say no because sometimes I want to be good to people, people I know, people want to, want me to help them. And always students call me, ask our young people how to get into sports. But I think at this point, it's like, I have to look at opportunities like, and this clubhouse was one of them. Like, is that a yes? You know, when I look at opportunities, do I look at it and say, is that a hell yes? That'll be fun. That'll be a good use of my time. Because if it's not, it's just not worth it. You know, it's just not worth it because you get your most valuable resource, of course, is your time. It's, it's not money. It's your time. It's your attention. We're in an attention economy. Everything is attention. So where are you going to spend that attention? And having taken all these leaps, it's given me an opportunity to choose wisely. So I look at things, and now it's not about who's going to pay me the most. In some situations, it is. It's like, well, yeah, I'll do it, but I'll give them a terrible price, and if they, if they say no, fine. But it's like, what's fun? What's exciting? What's going to get me you know, interested? Because the most successful people are interesting and interested. They're interested in you. They listen. They want to know more and they have stories to tell. So at the point I am now, it's like, I never look at, I've always heard this statement always applies. Like if you look at an opportunity and it's a, look at it, if it's a seven out of 10 or a six out of 10, just don't do it. Don't do the sevens, right? Do the eights, nines, and tens. 
Because the sevens is always going to be like, yeah, it's cool, but I'm not really that into it. So I love this topic. I love taking leaps. You know, there's a statement by a, a guy I follow, successful entrepreneur named Naval Ravikant. He just he always says, leap and a net will appear. I love it. I love that statement. Leap and a net will appear. So I just love the topic. And I want to leave some time here for people to ask, people to jump in. It just makes so much time. I mean, here I am. My son's a student in Dallas. I'm in Dallas. We came down for Thanksgiving week. And I just stayed because you know what? This weekend is the Dallas Marathon. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> that sounds cool. Spend some time with my son and run a marathon. So, okay. You know, another leap. And I take fitness leaps all the time because that's how you challenge yourself. That's how you get better. So here I am in Dallas. I'm going to run a marathon, first one on Sunday. Um, okay. I'll let other people jump in to talk to me. Good morning, Andrew. This is Sarah. Um, I love hearing from you. Operational is that you keep leaping. Um, and even how you're saying now, and even this year when you summited that mountain 13 times, and then when you, you know, spotlighted the women and the cheerleaders who um, were mistreated as part of the Washington football organization. And this weekend, you know, you're just like, I'll just run a marathon. And I'm just kind of wondering, is that, you know, they kind of say like, are leaders born or made? Like, have you inherently always wanted to take a leap is that almost just part of like your nature or is there are there also practices that you put into place to push yourself to keep leaping because i think that classically sometimes people will take a leap um and then they'll be like i did it i took my leap but you keep leaping and as i said i'm just curious if that's inherent or if that's something that you practice and if you could kind of it's a great question you know some of it may be that this does this doesn't sound good, but maybe it's that I'm easily bored. <laughs> you know, maybe that I always feel like there's gotta be more, there's gotta be a new challenge, there's gotta be something that I haven't done and I wanna do. And you know, you don't wanna live life with regrets. You don't wanna live life thinking maybe I should have done that. And everybody does have regrets, but the key is to sort of manage it and move on to better things. I think, you know, also growing up in a very um kind of my father dominated our family. I have brothers and sisters that all kind of lived around where and still do where my parents are. And I always just felt like I need to break off, right? I need to do my own thing and not be under the guise of my dad. And my dad had my brother working for him. And I just said, no, I want to do my own thing. I have no family connections to sports growing up, but it was important to me to sort of bring that out myself. Uh, and I just think that's always something I always advise people get away from your hometown, even if only for a couple of years, just get away. You'll always be better for it. You'll always be better making your own path if you can. I actually love that you said that. And I just saw Mary Lynn flashing because she literally shared yesterday on stage that she's just made that move. And I see.
Yeah, I'm just clapping to everything he's saying. Sorry, I was on the treadmill. Um, we have to get out to new experiences, new people, new environments, expand our perspective of what's possible. And in this conversation about leaping just made me think of kind of an analogy is, you know, when, you, when you're leaping towards something and you have people catching you on the other side, you're going to have to let some people go from your previous stage of life, of where you came from, um, who may not understand your vision, who may not understand where you want to go, who not, may not understand um, what's ahead for you. And so I think that that's what, something that's very difficult for a lot of people is letting go of the other people that they've been surrounded by, but who are not going to take them to where they're going. So when you're leaping forward and there are people on the other side ready to take you by the arms and pull you forward, you're going to have to let go sometimes of um, some people in the past and not necessarily forever and not that you can ever speak to them or be with them, but maybe let go of what you share with them at times um, and not share all of your hopes and dreams and your visions because they won't understand it and they'll, they'll pull you back without you realizing it and maybe without them really wanting to pull you back. Um, but sometimes when you leap forward, you just have to let go um, of what you've had in the past. So loving this conversation. Thank you. That's really, really well said. And it's funny because I've dealt with athletes my whole life and exactly what happens with them. They try to get pulled back from where they were and people that hadn't advanced as much as they had. And, you know, from an agent perspective, you almost have to do exactly what you just said, like push them forward because people want to pull them back into the, the sort of the old way of doing things. And, you know, I've, I've heard this comment a lot. You are what the, your five people around you are. You know, the people you spend the most time with, that you communicate the most with, you're them. You know, so what do you want them to be? Because that's aspirational for you. You want the five people that you are most connected to to be what? To be hardworking, to be adventurous, to be smart, to be interested in new things. You know, these are the kind of things that how you define yourself is who's around you. This is Jeannie. I'd love to say one sentence to build on Andrew and Anna, if that's okay. Yes. Um, I just something that really jumped out, pun intended, at me when Kate was talking this morning was, you know, we she took us into the airplane with her. We saw her fingers white knuckled on the on the side of the plane. And I don't know if it was intentional or not, Kate, but I loved it when you said, You gotta know somebody's got your back. You gotta know somebody's on your back. And I think that's what a lot of us have been saying today. When somebody's really on our back, it's not always bad. It's good and they're pushing us. So thank you. I'm Jeannie and I'm Thanks, Jeannie. Anyone else? Hey there, this is Lolita. How are you? How are you? This is so perfect as I look to channel my inner David for the next segment. And I love that you talked about leaping. One, you're so calm, right? I love that you talked about leaping because sometimes we don't get out of our own way. And I'd love to ask you one question, if you don't mind. I'd, I'd love to ask you this. When you leaped into doing something that you've never done before, what did you say what would you say that you had in your arsenal with you to keep you grounded? You know, I think the, what I've been able to do, and you mentioned sort of calm, 
is, I don't know if it's innate. I don't know if it just comes from my background. It's just stay calm and stay focused when the bullets are flying. It's just maybe something I learned early on. Um, I just think a lot of people sort of get frenetic. They get excited. They get tense when things get a little frenetic, frenzied. So can you be the person that just says, okay, you know, push your hands down. It's okay. Let's just get through this. Take a deep breath. Let's be calm. We can't have this. You know, and I've it's, it's served me well throughout my career. I remember at the Packers, you know, you get a lot of testosterone-laced players, coaches, and sometimes I just had to say, hey, we can't have this. We can't have this. We're moving in a direction, and this is bringing us back. And I think it's it's a great question that makes me look internally. I don't know where it comes from, but I've always felt that I'm a good mediator and I'm a good person to sort of people can look to and say, okay, he's calm, we're calm. He's got a vision, we're following. And maybe it's a good argument that to be a leader, to be a good negotiator, to be a good business person, you don't have to be the screamer. You don't have to be the red-faced, spitting-out, testosterone-laced kind of person. You can lead with grace. That's what I hope to do. Well, I absolutely love that. We have time for a few more folks to ask any questions that you have. I'm going to scroll. Oh, we have a nice large stage today. Javon, I see you. How are you today? Welcome. How are you doing today? Can you hear me? Um, if you could just come a little closer to the mic, it'll be a little bit easier. No, not at all. Just try one more time. All right, I'm trying. How about now? How about now? We cannot, but we will listen intently. If you have on um, earphones, just take those out really quickly while you speak. All right. I'm trying, so let's see if I can do my this best. Sounds, this sounds good. We're all in. What you have for us today? All right. All right, perfect. I want to ask a question, Chris. Uh, first off, I want to thank uh, I, I, I thank you for, for this conversation. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, I sense a lot of my own thinking with what you're saying. So when you're making this leap, what it, when you decide to make this leap, what is the internal monologue that you have that just decides you to say, no, I, I'm going to take this leap? Because from your story, you went in different realms and you're able to still be able to achieve a level of success in each realm. So what are the what is the internal monologue that you have with yourself when you're making these leaps? Javon and I, Mike. Yeah, I appreciate Javon. I, I just think it's each, it's different for each time, but obviously you're looking at, can I do this? And I'm not really, you know, I'm not one of those sort of make a list people. Because when you make a list, what you're really doing is just rationalizing, you know, rationalizing yes or no with a list. It's almost like, can I do this? And do I really want to do this? 
and what are the alternatives? You know, sometimes the alternatives are exactly what this whole thing started with this whole discussion is comfort zone, right? The alternative is comfort zone. The alternative is just making that deep set hole in the couch where you're just in the couch. Uh, you know, I left the Green Bay Packers. I could have signed a new contract. I could have been there now. I could have been there years and years making a good living, being, being you know, known around the country as an NFL executive. And I'm like, why? You know, why? What, what am I getting out of this? I've done all these things. And people in jobs in this country, most of them have been doing the same thing over and over again. And I think one thing the pandemic taught us is that there's other things. There's other ways to live and there's ways to not commute and spend all that time on that. So I just think it's an internal reset in myself to say, can I do this? And is it better than what I'm doing now? Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much for that. And thanks for that question, Javon. It actually sparked some things in me as well. Let's see if there's one more that is on the stage. I'm coming back up. Hold on, hold on. Hey, Bobby, you had something? I had something. Um, hey, Lolita, you're awesome. I can't wait to hear Emily's segments. I, I didn't even know that you were in I was like, what the hell? She's awesome. Okay, so Andrew, like, I think, I, I don't know, it's funny. I, I love your path and your point of view. You know, I started my career working in television production for two Olympic athletes. And the lessons I learned working for two Olympic athletes have helped me so much in film and television, which is, which is like really surprising to me looking back. What is it about the culture of sports that is so tied to the success mentality? Because I, I really learned that. Just would love your take on that. Yeah, good to meet Bobby. I appreciate that. I'm so in agreement with that. There's something about sports, and it's why it's been my life, where there's just a sense of discipline. There's a sense of personal accomplishment. Even for those who don't make the levels that we see on TV, it's you know, sometimes I'll go to the track. My most dreaded workout of the week is going to the track and doing repeats of 400s or 800s or even 1200s. And, you know, you'll see people at every age that are doing these kind of workouts. And I'm, and I'm like, like, there's no reward, right? They're not going to be on TV. They're not going to get paid a ton of money. But there's something inherent, in, in, intrinsic in these people. Like, they want to get better. And they're out on this track working hard by themselves to get some sense of accomplishment. I just think that there's an athletic mentality that it's like everybody's out there working. Can I do better? And, you know, I'll go to this marathon this weekend. There'll be 12, 15, 20,000 people there. Right? They're not going to be pro athletes, but they've worked at it. They're, they're accomplishing something. And when they look back on their 2021, that's going to be in their top five, right? That's going to be there. When you look back on your year, let alone month, 
Like, what do you think? What jumps out? Athletes are very good at, at having things that jump out. And I just think I'll leave it. I don't want to leave that with everyone, too. We're two weeks away from the end of the year. When you look back, what are you doing? What, what jumped out? And try to live your life in ways that, wow, this jumped out. I did this. It doesn't have to be a one-time thing. Like, I did this over a period of time. I did that. I did something. I did something that was really important to me. So that's my thought. And um, I know my time is up. Thank you so much, Andrew. We absolutely love having you with the Breakfast with Champions family. We so appreciate you. Thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.